Well, uh, good morning, and I um, guess a uh, little bit how this got started. Yesterday, I texted Pastor and wished him Merry Christmas and that, and um, was kidding him just a little bit. And then there we went down and Dad and Mom's for uh, Christmas. They're probably about 3 o'clock in that. And I get a phone call. We was just sitting down to eat, and I looked, and it was Pastor, and I thought, well, we're just about to eat, so I kind of hit the thing, kind of call you later, and that. And I uh, thought, well, I'll, you know, get back to him. He's just wanting to visit about what I was kidding him about, and that. And so he, uh, about the time Dad got done saying the prayer, I got a text. And he uh, said, um, I got a question I need to ask you. He said, uh, are you willing to uh, preach tomorrow morning? Well, I, I kind of chuckled to myself, and then it said, seriously. <laughs> and then fear came upon me. I was like, whoa, wait a minute here. <laughs> and so I did what every good Christian would do. I just sat there and thought about it and let him sweat for a couple hours. <laughs> and uh, I thought, well... About two hours went by, and he texted me. He says, uh, I haven't gotten an answer yet. <laughs> and so uh, Maddie and I, we had to go to turn our show heifers out, and that. And I called him. He says, you're going to do this um, for me, won't you? And I said, oh, how can I tell you no? I said, but, man, you didn't give a guy much time to prepare. And that. He says, oh, you'll be fine. You do them at them, your clinics, and you can handle it. And I thought, yeah, but this is, uh, you know, Christmas. I don't have no uh, message I've ever done that relates to it and that. So um, I kind of got to thinking, and yeah, I can kind of, you know, make this one work and that. And it's kind of like I told Don B about the the biggest thing is, um, you know, when I was doing the clinics all the time, I could kind of get in an autopilot and I did the one message and it was pretty easy to go. But with the COVID, the New Deal, it's been just a a little bit different and not doing them as often and that. It's a little bit more challenging and that, but uh, it'll make you appreciate pastor because we do have a great pastor um, that fills this pulpit and I'm sure not worthy to fill his shoes in this, but we'll uh, get through it and that, um, you know, and I I think it's what we've all went through the last couple of years, this message will go along with it real well. So we'll start with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, just thank you so much for sending your son to be born for us, that it is he is a free gift and he was willing to come and uh, give us an example of his life and willing to go to the cross and shed his blood and that most of all he did overcome death and that and that he lives and that we can face our fears with him and that, Lord, and that he helps us overcome them and that. And just uh, help me to be a vessel to encourage people um, this morning and that and not be my words but your words lord and just help people to have open hearts in your name we pray amen so today we're going to talk about fear and uh, start off with the definition is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger evil pain etc whether the threat is real or imagined the feeling or condition of being afraid And the Bible talks about this uh, quite a bit. It's mentioned over 450 times uh, about fear in the Bible and that, and telling us not to be afraid and how he can help us overcome it and that. So to relate this back to the Christmas uh, message and that, um, Mary was the first one that he came to and that, and account Luke uh, 
1, 26 through 33. So if you want to turn there, we'll read um, where they kind of talk to her about um, fear and that. And it says, And in the sixth month, angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a, a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. And shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Then the second account of fear in the Christmas story is with uh, Joseph, which is found in Matthew 1, 20 through 25. And kind of hold your place there in Luke. We'll be right back there in a second. But um, So here in Matthew, um, talking to Joseph, and it, beginning there in 20, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take up to thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Then back to Luke 2, about the shepherds, and verses 8 through 12. And there it says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So we're all um, need to imagine we're faced uh, with fear and if any of us was put in any of these three scenarios, um, we would probably react the same way. We would have the fear that uh, Mary and Joseph and the shepherds um, 
you know, had, especially when the angels came to them and we'd be like, seriously, and that. So, you know, and I can really relate to the, the shepherds part. When you're out there at night, you know, you're, you're checking, and here in a few months we'll start Kevin, and, you know, you kind of get into a routine, but when something's different out there on that farm, you can sure tell. And that, and I, you know, it's amazing to look up into the sky and see the bright stars on a cold winter night, and that. And so, you know, if something came down out of there, it would, it would startle you, and it would set fear on you, and that. So, you know, God in all these instances reassured him, "Do not fear, um, don't be afraid," and you know, about you know what is happening, and that it's fulfilling the prophecy and that that he's foretold and in our own lives each one of us has been faced with fear at some time and even today you might be going through some of that fear um, you know especially over the last couple of years our lives have been changed and I know when the COVID thing uh, first hit and that um, I told my family I said it's never going to be the same and you know it I, I truly do believe that we'll never go back to like it used to be. But um, with God, he gives us that hope to get through the fears that we do face through that. Um, I know in our family, we've had uh, some fear. There's a, a couple stories I just want to kind of relate to at the beginning. Um, one of them is we had a show heifer that we showed in Denver that Cody showed. And she was broke. I mean, she was really dog gentle. Um, Maddie and Drew wasn't very old. Um, Drew could probably barely, well, he's walking probably five or six years old. And Maddie a little bit. They could lead her around in, at Denver. They could comb her. You didn't have to worry about her doing anything. Just kind of like she knew where they was, and she just followed them. Well, anyhow, when we got home from there, she was a big bred heifer. Um, got time for her to calf. We was all excited and looking forward to it and that. Um, I called them down to come down she's getting ready to have it and you could tell though she wasn't quite the same and I told all of them I said now you're gonna have to watch her because the mothering instinct had kicked in you know she was going to protect that baby and that and she was getting ready to have it and we was kind of waiting around there and um, our little ornery Drew when he was that little he kind of snuck around the pen and he wanted to pet her because she always could. Well, she seen him coming through that panel, and she started at him and kind of got him pinned just a little bit, and I had to jerk him out of there. But, you know, it gave uh, Karen and I a lot of fear, you know, or is he going to get smashed, and how bad is he going to get hurt or something broken and that. Um, another one was uh, of years kind of before that, and that's when uh, – the snowstorm was coming, and we had some cattle that we needed to get in, and it was just Aaron and I um, down at another pasture getting them in, and it was snowing, and we'd gotten them all in, but it seems like at our place with our cows, you think you always get rid of them ornery ones, and they're not going to come. You'll get them, and they'll all act just like they're supposed to and run in the lot. Well, that doesn't happen at our place, and that day we had one we could not get in, so you get I'm human, I get a little bit frustrated, and I'm going to get her. I'm going to win this battle, you know. And so it was snowing, and it kept piling up, and we was on the four-wheeler in that. And the snow, it was 
pretty deep, but, well, she got mad, too. And then she wanted to fight. So we got up and chasing her and went over this little terrace, and the snow was deeper than Chuck thought, and the four-wheeler got stuck. And here's this cow coming at us and that. Well, then Aaron, she gets scared, and um, the cow, she'd start coming, she'd scream, and I'd say, you got to just, we got the four-wheeler. There's nothing to be scared of. We'll just play ring around the rosy with the four-wheeler and that. Well, we did that for a while, and trying every time I'd rev the four-wheeler up to get out of there, here she'd come. And I thought, man, what are we going to do, you know? And Aaron, she was scared and that. And so finally I got that thing rocking back and forth. And I told Aaron, I said, I don't care what you do. We've got to get this thing out of here so we can get away from this cow. And we was probably from here back to the back there from the fence. So I told her, I said, whatever you do, you just gun that thing and go. And I'm going to take off for the fence and she'll chase me and we'll get out of this situation and leave her in the pasture and gather her up another day. Well, so she got on there and revved it, and I took off to the fence. Well, me and the cow probably tied at the fence. I went under the fence. The cow went over the fence, and I was looking up, and the cow was pushing down, and Aaron, she's over there going, ah, you're going to get, you know, smashed and hurt. And she had fear, and I had fear. So, you know, Everybody in their life has had that moment um, of fear. And so the Bible does tell us about that. Um, As we read um, in John 10.10, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that I might have life and that they might have it more abundantly, Jesus tells us. So, Fear is a tool that Satan does use against all of us. And it's something that we need to learn to combat in that. And I guess when I did the clinics and that, and just a a little bit about them, we travel around the country um, teaching kids how to get their calves ready for the county fairs, um, to give them a haircut and how to show them in the ring, um, how to feed them, wash them, the daily hair care part of it and that. So, you know, it's uh, and then we use it as a ministry and that. So it was interesting over the last year to um, go back into doing them, the clinics, and we just did about three and that. But I I did the message on fear and that. The biggest thing that first year um, about all that, and I said, you know, the COVID, the fear and that, is with the mask. You know, a lot of people, you uh, that was introduced into our lives, you know, putting something over your face and that people couldn't see you and that. And it really, I thought, was like I told uh, a lot of them, an ingenious plan by Satan to cover up everybody's faces. You know, you look out and you see somebody, you can see whether they're happy, they're sad, how they're feeling, what they're going through and that. And, it, you know, it was really, I thought, a sad situation. And so um, for one example of that is I, I got a, met a kid. I kind of knew him and helped him when he showed. Well, he's got kids showing now. And I started clipping his kids and trimming feet for him. And he's a court judge down in Carrollton, Missouri, and that. And he's, we get into con- deep conversations and I've been sharing with him about the Lord quite a bit and that but so he was up there last year 
in the spring, and he told me, he says, oh, Chuck, I finally got to go back to having court and that. I said, oh, really? I said, well, that's, I said, I reckon that's good, you know, and that. I, he says, well, um, they were doing it on Zoom before, and so he would be in his chamber and, you know, everybody not coming there. And I just thought, I bet they got to wear a mask. And so I asked him, I said, you got to wear a mask? And he said, yep. I said, huh. I said, do you think it's harder for you to rule on your cases now or not? Well, he looked, I don't know. He says, why? What would that have to do? I said, well, you know, I've sold calves and wife sells um, puppies and just the different things, you know, when you're buying something or selling something, you read a person's face and that. And I said, uh, you're listening to that defendant tell his story, and if you're asking him questions, I said, to me, it'd be a lot easier for me to lie to you with that mask on and not tell you the truth. I said, I'll guarantee you in the line of work you're doing, being a judge, you look at that person and you can kind of tell by reading their face whether, you know, they're telling you the truth or if they felt bad about what they were doing and whatnot. And boy, he sat there for a while and he was like, well, it has been a lot. It takes me a lot longer to decide my ruling on it. And he says, that's the problem, isn't it? I said, yeah. But I, and like I told him, I said, it's one of Satan's plots to mask you up and, you know, to use that. And so he'd went on back, and I, I don't want to get stuck here, but he'd kind of talked to some of the other judges and had revealed that to them, and they all agreed in that. But, it, you know, he says it's, um, he's kind of gotten it out of his court system now and that. So, you know, that that's one thing with the mask. It really kind of even caused separation between all of us. Um, the second thing over the COVID deal was the lockdowns and the separation between um, the families and everything. You know, there two years ago, we didn't get to have Easter service and, and that. And, you know, it really, it was quite a plot. And I even heard, um, you know, some of the government and say that they was even surprised that the uh, church allowed that, that they didn't put up more of a fight for it and that. And really, you know, that it does hurt to hear them say that. And it can also bring fear to me that, you know, are we going to roll over for them? We do need to have courage and stand up for that. You know, the lockdowns really caused a lot of um, division and that also. I, I never will forget I did one clinic that spring in May down at Memphis, Missouri. And we did it kind of on a low-profile deal, limited it to about 10 families. And I suppose there was probably 15 or 20 kids there at that one. And so we started it on a Friday night, did the washing, daily care part of it. And then we couldn't go eat anywhere because the uh, restaurants were all closed. So the gal in charge, there was a restaurant open for carryout, so we all ordered in that. But you cannot believe the kids playing. Drew had came with me um, that Friday evening. Karen and Maddie had stayed back to do a few chores and that. And them kids 
played and played and played. And, and, you know, all of us parents sat there and said, this is amazing. And then kids would run by and, you know, we tried to get them to stop and eat. And they was like, this is so much fun playing hide-and-go-seek and tag. And you could hear them laughing and that. And a lot of them were uh, public schooled kids. And, and then parents were like, I didn't know that they was really missing it that much. And it really opened their eyes to, hey, this separation isn't good for any of us and that. Um, so, you know, and the Bible tells us we are not to fear. Um, it's not good for man to be alone. You go back to Genesis, the first part of that, um, Jesus, or God created Adam. And, you know, everything, the earth and everything, he'd said, it's good, it's good. But then all of a sudden he's like, it's not good, Adam, you're alone. So he created Eve for his helpmate. Um, you know, and as he, you go on through that, you talk about that separation, he want, longs to have a relationship with each and every one of us and that. And so, you know, that's the other thing that we, we got to be careful of, that the separation isn't good and the fear that it has. And especially, I think that that's one tool, another one um, Satan has used the separation for depression in people's lives and that, you know, what it's gotten people down and depressed and not being able to see loved ones in that. Um, I know just to go back just a little bit, it was simply amazing, you know, when that all went down, the separation of the elderly being in the nursing homes and not being able to see their families last year and that, you know, that really had to hurt them and that. And, you know, it was a blessing to be able to go Christmas caroling the other night and to see them. It was amazing the the joy that them people had when they seen you coming down the hall singing to them and all that. The, and, you know, it was kind of funny to watch and that them they'd be in their door waving at you and smiling and you'd take pull your mask down and wave back at them and smile you didn't keep your mask up and you know smile because they couldn't see it and that so you know that's the other thing about the separation that we all went through then the other big one that's probably more relative today and that is the vaxxed and the unvaxxed how um, Satan's causing division with all of that. Um, you know, I, I listen to uh, a lot of podcasts and different ones, and it, it just simply amazes me, you know, how this has been used to separate families and that. Now, whether you want to get it or not, you know, that's up to you and different things. Um, you got to outweigh the consequences of it and that. You know, I, I think our, our freedom is teetering here in this country and that. And I know we've got uh, family from Canada, and it's sad to see what Canada's doing with this policy and that on the vaccine and causing separation between family members and different things. I know um, a few of them up there, that we got friends and that also. The only thing they can go do is go to the grocery store and um, the one family goes to a church and that, and 
to their job, and that's about all they can do. The kids can't play sports or nothing if they're not. And, you know, it's caused a lot of friction between um, families up there. And it's sad to see um, that happening um, throughout the world. And it's not only in Canada or here, but it's something that Satan has used around the world and that. So as we um, come, we want to, you know, Mary had fear, Joseph had fear, the shepherds had fear, and we've all had fear at some point in time. But God has given us um, the power to overcome that fear by trusting in him. And that was the free gift he gave to us yesterday, sending his son to us to be born and that. So um, kind of come up with five ways to combat fear. And the first one is to trust in the Lord. Make sure that you are saved, that you do know Jesus as your personal Savior and that. And Proverbs 3, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. You know, the biggest thing anybody can do, and I tell them at the clinics, is make sure that you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Um, he was the only one perfect to um, walk this earth and that. Um, we've all sinned and we're all sinners and that, but he came and died on the cross and shed his blood to cover our sins. And if we ask him into our heart, he will forgive us of our sins and um, we can have eternal life with him and know that he is living and he is in control in that. So then the second one is to take every thought captive. And with this, I, I think this is a big one that um, you, you've got to work on and, you know, all your life, it seems like, is taking every thought captive. Um, you kind of, a story to imagine is we're going to go on a hunting trip and we're going to go bear hunting. So we're up in the tree getting ready, trying to um, go bear hunting. All of a sudden this bear comes in and it's climbing up this tree at us. What comes over you? The spirit of fear whether what is going to happen to you. you got a big choice to make at that point. You're either going to get eaten by the bear or you're going to get your gun and you're going to shoot that bear and take him captive and that. So, you know, that's what you got to do. you, you got to um, be willing to take them captive. You can either kill those bad thoughts or let them wreak havoc on your life and that. Um in Philippians 4, 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You've got to take them thoughts captive when they come into your mind how you're going to respond to these situations that the Lord has allowed in your life. Just like we, as a church, went through the study of Job in that, you know. Right there is a perfect example of how to take your thoughts captive, stay focused on the Lord and that, and let Him direct you and give Him the glory and that. Um, the third one is to think on things above and memorize God's word and listen to worship music and listen to good preaching. 
to fill your minds with things above. This is one part I know as a family that we do in that. That's one thing, you know, everybody can get um, kind of down on technology and think that it's bad and, um, you know, is it good? Well, just like in the beginning, God, everything he created was good, but then, you know, sin entered the world and it become bad in that. But especially with the phones in that nowadays and everything, you can have your Bible with you everywhere. You can pull it out, have it on that phone, and you can read it. You can listen to it. I listen to it quite a bit. The other thing is the podcast, I think, is a great help to, you know, help, even help with taking every thought captive in that. Um, you can listen to the best preachers in the world. It's at your fingertip and that and help you get through fear and that. You know, probably... Um, one that's encouraged me to get up in front of um, at the clinics and even probably here today, and, and I can't wait to meet him someday in heaven, is Adrian Rogers. Uh, I mean, listening to his message, I don't know if you'd ever have to go to Bible school, really, because he is a guy that was um, the knowledge there. I know the last few weeks, it seems like listening to his messages, he's alive today of what he is preaching, but that's where... God's Word is living, and every time you open His Word and read something, it seems like something new jumps out at you and helps you at what you're going through to overcome, combat that fear or the situation that's going on in your life and that. So then the fourth one is, do not be separated. Be of one body, lift each other up, and help carry one another's burdens and that. And, um, you know, an example is if your arm was hurting and in pain, you wouldn't just cut it off and say, oh, I hope you, you know, survive and you make it. You'd do all you could do to help that arm get better to where you could use it again. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 20 talks a lot about this. Being, you know, if your eye hurts, you just wouldn't pluck it out or whatever. Um one example of this I think that is really good that went through, and any of you that's had COVID, and I know it went through our family last year, and it was the weirdest thing was when you lost your taste and smell. And you'd be kind of eating something, and you're like, well, this is kind of, why do this? You know, but you did it to get through it, to stay hydrated, and to have energy to do things in that. But you couldn't taste it. You didn't get to enjoy it in that. And, you know, even I, I know Karen was fixing something one time, and it was with uh, garlic in that. And, boy, she just to go into town putting that garlic, and she was, you know, tasting it, and she couldn't smell it. And all of a sudden, Maddie came out there and said, Mom, don't you think you got enough in there? <laughs> you know, it, it's just one of them things. But we got to have, you know, it's neat how God designed all our senses and everything to work together. And that's the same with the church body in that. We are designed to lift one another up, to rejoice with, with one another when one comes to salvation or when one loses a loved ones. And I know we've done that in this church and come along the side. And I know in our family I can speak uh, with Cody's death in that. 
Guys, if it wouldn't have been for our church family, there's no way we would have got through that whole thing. I know it was from you guys praying for us and the food you brought and everything, and we can never, you know, tell you thank you enough for that. But that is one thing. We can't be separated, and, you know, we've got to keep the church doors open no matter what and be willing to pay the price at whatever cost in that. Um, lastly, the fifth thing is to uh, pray about everything. And Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which patheth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, that's the thing. God longs for us to talk to him, to bring every situation to him. Um, You know, Jesus is my best friend, and that's if you know him, you can take anything to him and tell him what's going on in your life, um, what situation, tell him your problems and that. But not only your problems, um, when you're having a good day and that, just like the weather we've had, you know, with uh, being in the livestock um, business and that, to me, I think this weather is awesome. It's just a little too warm for the health of the livestock and that. But, you know, it's great to tell him every time, thank you for the warm weather we've had and that I'm not out there choring in uh, knee-deep snow or knee-deep mud and that. And I'm sure it's a coming this spring and I'll be saying, why did I pick this occupation and that? But, you know, it's it's encouraging and that. But he longs for you to tell him about everything that is going on in our lives and that. So we see we are not to fear what can physically happen to our bodies um, down here on earth. If we truly know where we are spending eternity and that God has given us the wisdom and power to speak boldness and share the truth of salvation with others. And, you know, that's the thing that we are all um, the Great Commission to go out and do, tell others about Jesus, to share the truth um, of his love that he's given to us, to share the truth uh, about what is going on in this world and that. I think that is one thing each and every one of us needs to do and that, you know, um, preparing for this uh, last night and that, which there wasn't much time, but uh, I got a great helpmate that helped me with it and that, going over this and um, contributing and that. We are to speak the truth with boldness, no matter what is going on. I I got a good friend and, you know, he uh, was teaching and that and speaking truth and he'd call and say, should I say this? I said, it's the truth. you got to speak the truth and whatever the consequences might be and that. And I think that's the thing that we got to be um, allowed. I, I know I was listening to Jack Hibbs just a little bit this morning and that on his message. And one thing hit me was, you know, Christian, the word Christian. And I've thought this and I've told my wife this and a few others for a long time. I don't know if we can really call ourselves a Christian in that nowadays because it seems like everybody is a Christian. We need to be Christ followers. Are you following God's word? Are you living his word? Are you that 
um, walking Bible to others. You might that might be the only word of God anybody ever sees is your life, your testimony that um, is out there, and you know that's how we've got to share God's truth and His word with others, and that. So you know, I ask you if you haven't, um, you know, asked Him into your heart, you want to make sure that you do accept the greatest gift um, that can be given to anybody, and that is Jesus Christ that we talked about earlier, um, having salvation and that, and that you don't have to be scared of eternity um, and that. You know, kind of to me, if you've accepted Christ, we're in a win-win situation. I'm ready, you know, especially after this summer doing that heaven study and that. I'm ready to say goodbye to the earth and let's go to heaven and let's, you know, run around and see what um, job and what all is up there and to listen, you know, like I said last night to uh, my family and that. I think it'll be interesting. I'd really like to know what that stable looked like. You know, with being in the livestock industry, I, you know, I like neat show barns and barns and different things. I'd just love to know what that stable really did look like that Jesus was born in and that. And we are going to find that out someday. So, you know, whether they come and try to uh, shut you up or whatever, don't have that fear. Have that boldness and encouragement to go out and tell others about Christ and to don't worry about what is on your phone. If you have that Bible app on there, you know, podcast, and, you know, everybody talks about, you know, oh, they're listening to you and that. All honesty, people, I want them to know that I listen to God's Word, I listen to preaching, and that, yes, I am a follower of Christ in that. I, I truthfully don't uh, regret one bit of it, and I want them all to know, yeah, come to my doorstep and that, you know. I'm not, you know, I can stand here and say that until it's really put into your head. You don't know, but I pray that I will have the boldness to say, yeah, I'm a child of his in that. And I know I am. So that's the thing we got to have is to overcome that fear. <clears throat> and, you know, as of yesterday, I planned on sitting right over there in my comfort zone with my wife and my kids and being in my comfortable spot. I like that spot. But plans change, and I had a choice to make about fear. I could have um, said, nope, I'm not going to do it, and that. But I thought, hey, we can get through this with God. Anything is possible. And he gives us the courage and strength to share with others and that. So, you know, the challenge I want to leave with you is don't fear man, but fear what God is going to say to you about your missed opportunities and to be sure and share with everyone that crosses your path how to overcome the fear in your life and that. So with that, we'll end with a word of prayer, and then we'll have a song. Dear Lord, just uh, thank you for coming to this world, and that you do give us the strength and the courage and the boldness to speak the truth and to overcome fear and what um, does lie ahead of us and that. And just thank you so much for giving us the courage to overcome our fears in this life and that and that uh, we do long to be with you in heaven and that someday lord however long that may be just that um, hopefully this message would uh, spark a fire in everybody's heart to have the boldness to speak the truth and not to have the fear to be uh, quiet about you and that that it would um, start a revival throughout this land and that about you 
and to end all of this, Lord. And thank you that you do get to tell us how it ends, that, that we do win in the end, that uh, you do conquer all fear in that, Lord. And in your name we pray, amen.